good day, and welcome to Sea to Ski with Sarah and T, putting the P in professionally managed vacation rentals. This is the Vacation Rental Management Professionals Podcast, coming to you from the Outer Banks of North Carolina and from the Rocky Mountains of Colorado. I'm Sarah Bradford from Winter Park and Steamboat Springs. And I'm Tim Cafferty from the Outer Banks of North Carolina and Sandbridge, Virginia. Together, we bring you the first podcast focused solely on professionally managed vacation rentals across the nation, or as we like to call it, Sea to Ski with Sarah and T. In the next 30 minutes, we hope you'll join us on our journey as we dive into issues affecting folks like us, the professional vacation rental manager, allowing you to run your business more effectively, make more money, and most importantly, have fun doing it. We are back and better than ever. Just to remind you, I'm Tim. And I'm Sarah. And we're here to cover episode five, which will be our last episode before we see many of you at the VRMA conference. We're going to be recording episode six at the VRMA conference at a session. We hope to see you there. We said it was going to be four, but we went to six because we're having so much fun recording these sessions, we couldn't stop. So hopefully you're enjoying them. Today, episode five is who's the face of your company? You? Nope, you're wrong. It's your property care team. That's the name of this session. And I wanted to kick it off with a story I have told many times, uh, which really brought this topic to the forefront of our company. And that was a famous guy in the vacation rental industry, Steve Trover. Many of you know him. He came to stay with us at a vacation rental in Winter Park. He actually came with Heather Weirman and a bunch of others that had just finished a conference in Denver. And so I said, well, stay with us for free. And I want you to just critique the stay. This is a topic of another podcast we need to do about that whole experience is amazing. So I was just starting out. I was probably four years into it. Steve Trover seemed like this giant in the industry. And he came in to meet with me after his stay. And he, he had his iPad, which was kind of, you know, very techy at the time. And he said, well, I first want to start with uh, Sarah. So let's just start off with who's the face of your company? And I said, oh, well, you know, I am. I'm the face, of course, me. And he said, well, that's, that's weird because I didn't see you the four days I was in Winter Park. Uh, I never saw you at the property. And, 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 no, I, and I definitely didn't see you. And as a guest that doesn't even know you, I definitely didn't see you. But you know who I did see? I saw your maintenance guy, your maintenance guy that showed up in that truck that was rusty, kind of right above the wheels, wasn't washed and then he showed up in a, in a shirt that was pretty disheveled, looked like he's worn that for about two weeks. And then he walked in, and side note, I had told the maintenance guy this is a VIP with us. So your maintenance guy walks in, because uh, he had to fix the thermostat issue we were having, and he said, oh man, I heard you're a beep VIP. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! So my what did Steve say? Amy, my Amy, who's been with me forever, who's more nervous about Steve Trover staying with us than I was, said she right then wanted to just crawl under the table and get into a ball and cry. Uh, so Steve said, "So have you trained your maintenance guys to talk to guests?" <laughs> yeah. 
There's that. So I imagine you must have a training program now. Yeah. So since then, when my eyes were awoken, I was mortified. I have told that story several times, and we are sure that our maintenance crew is uh, actually our number one takeaway today that you can't expect your property care and maintenance team to know how to deliver superior customer service or even how to interact with adults. So we have seven takeaways today. That's the first one. I can't emphasize enough how much you have to train your maintenance crew, property care, whatever you may call them. They're, they're great guys. They know how to fix toilets. They know how to deal with putting two by fours together. But they don't necessarily know about eye contact, cheerful smiles, not swearing introducing themselves, shaking hands. And then a big one for us that we've been working on the last two years is asking them, is there anything else I can do for you? Instead of, toilet's fixed, see ya. Wearing a name tag, having logo wear, and really the biggest one that has been an impact, and our maintenance guys, I think, enjoy it. They'll probably listen to this podcast and roll their eyes, is being an ambassador for the area, saying to the guest, hey, you're the, I'm the only one you're seeing, you know, because our guests don't check in at a front desk. They use, we use keyless entry. So is there anything I can tell you about Steamboat? Is there anything I can tell you about Winter Park? Hey, this new restaurant just opened down by the river. That's incredible. I think you'd really like it and definitely get the pot stickers or whatever it might be. That can be a wow instead of just having to let the maintenance guy in to fix dishwasher. That's good. There's a fella in the industry that many folks listening know the name of, Stephen Craig, who has a consulting firm. and He's very much a trainer on housekeeping and how to do things there, which we'll get to that in a moment. But he also trains about maintenance. One of the things he talks about is the maintenance guys being the heroes. You know, the housekeeper, when they get a call back, they're, you missed this bathroom floor, you know, but the maintenance guy is here to fix the toilet. Yes. And so they do have the opportunity to be the hero and they can play that up. And so you, you do want to make sure they, they do engage the people. They, they can, def, they just see so much and they can diffuse so much out there. And just starting that conversation, where are you all from? Have you been to Winter Park before? How many times have you been to the Outer Banks? Is this a house you've rented often? You know, those kinds of things. They are gold. They are what we call the storefront window. That's how we refer it to uh, those frontline folks around here. It is not me. It is not you. It's not our name tags on our front desk associates. Heck, we have so many people now, they don't even come in contact with the office, with the electronic locks. They go straight to the property. We don't see them. They don't see my pretty building with the manicured yard and the flags out front and what have you. So make sure you've got them trained. That's very good. So that brings us to uh, number two on our list of seven ensuring uh, ways to ensure the face of the company is who you want it to be. And that's noticing issues at the property. An example is you go into a property and you find some error of some sort. There's carpet that might need to be stretched out that's a tripping hazard, or the dishwasher handle is not exactly the way it should be, or there's just a myriad of issues. There's a stain on the ceiling beside a sliding, uh, or right underneath a sliding glass door. They need to have the red flags and alarms going off in their head. Ooh, that's a potential leak. I better go talk to the supervisor about that. Or that carpet could end up to be a lawsuit for our company. Let me make sure I mention that. They are the eyes and ears out there. And so every time they're in a property, you want them looking around. And we've done some podcasts before on why you can endear yourself to owners. This is a great way. 
that proactive mindset with regard to the care of the property. Owners do appreciate it, and they don't feel like you're taking advantage. They pay you to be there, and so these are the guys that are there. A simple example of that is also something like a doormat or a kitchen mat. Over time, bath mats, they get dirty. They get worn out. They're ready to be thrown out, to be honest, and you got to get the new one. I want our crew to be looking for those types of things. They might think, well, at my house, that's fine. Who cares? But they need to have the mindset, this is a vacation rental. Someone's walking into this kitchen. Does it look clean? Does it look ready and new? Or are there old things I should tell the owner-manager about? So that goes in a number well, yeah, I, just want, I just want to uh, throw a number two there as well. I'm down, you know, the, the mind is just racing here about stories that have happened over the years. You know, like, for instance, when we had to replace a grill at a property because it was completely rusted, which when the environment we live in here on the coast of Virginia, North Carolina, the salt air just eats everything. Uh, I don't care what a vendor says about a product, you know, with staining whatever conditions. Let's have it here for two years, and then you can tell me how it was stained. So we literally have to place gas grills on an annual basis. They get pitted, they're worn out, they're rusted, and and what have you. And so, sure enough, we'll call him Billy, the maintenance guy, delivers a new gas grill to the property, and he hooks up a propane tank to it and uh, does a great job. And then I happened to go to the property the next week and found the old gas grill rusted and falling apart right beside the grill that he just delivered. And I also happened to notice a, a hose coming out of the wall. So we actually didn't need the propane tank because all I had to do is plug the gas in. It was hardwired, as they say, with a large uh, propane tank. But that awareness, you have to teach. You can't assume. You have to teach awareness. Take away the old grill, Billy, and make sure this house has a hardwired propane situation. We don't leave a bottle on this one. You know, this one needs to be connected. And so just making sure those things. I'm glad I'm the one that walked in and not the homeowner, let's say that. Absolutely. Turn the thinking cap on or it could be very embarrassing (laughs) if the owner had walked in. By the way, do you have shirts for your guys saying, I am the face of the company? (laughs) No, but I think I should. Should we make those? That'd be good. We could sell them at BRMA. We're going to make millions. Okay. We might have to wear those at Verma. How about that? And then everybody will know who we are. And it'll say, how about our shirts, Tim, say, I'm not Not the the face face of of my company. company. (laughs) Get on that. Number three on the takeaways today about making sure the face of company is who you want it to be is you have to teach your property care team, your housekeepers, what you do not want them to do. Sometimes you have to talk about, for example, if I had talked to the property care guy who said that to Steve Trover, maybe he wouldn't have said what he said. So a couple examples of this is you don't want the property care maintenance manager to walk in and say, yeah, I got to fix this dishwasher. This thing's been on the fritz for a lot of months now. We tried to fix it last week, and I didn't know if it was working yet. Looks like it's not. They're just saying what they would say to their buddy. Can't really blame them for it. You have to say, don't overshare on that type of detail. And then speaking of oversharing, well, there was a lot of oversharing that happened with Steve Trover. I didn't even get into that with the guy then shared about his life with Steve Trover. Explained the the guest is on vacation they don't want to know how you can't find housing and you're not paid enough and your car just broke down and man your girlfriend is 
probably cheating on you or whatever your personal information. Don't overshare. And then stop with the negative complaining con- comments about anything. You need to act like this is the greatest opportunity you've ever had to fix their toilet. Um, I went to Aspen and we, my kids ski race. So we go to Aspen. We stay at this condo. It's a really nice one actually on a river. And the smoke alarm was going off. So I thought, oh, what a great opportunity. I get to call the vacation rental company. So the guy shows up, not in a lo- not in logo gear. It's at night. He doesn't introduce himself. I answer the door. So he comes in. So that's creepy to begin with. Then it was dumping out and it was April. And that is a very exciting thing if you're a skier. Maybe not in Outer Banks, but in, if you're a skier and it's dumping in Aspen and you get to ski the next day, that is like Christmas morning, okay? So the guy says, oh, man, I am so sick of the snow. I wish it just stop. <laughs> oh, boy. That's sort of the point, right? Snow, or skiing. Point, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have one. I just had this visual image of this fella. Again, what did we? Ha- what was the fake name we came up with? Billy? Billy the maintenance guy? Okay, so Billy goes to this house, and the people are like, this is wrong, and that's wrong, and this is wrong. He goes, yeah, this owner's a total tightwad. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Like, oh, please don't say that again. So uh, we could go on, and I'm sure the minds are racing of our listeners out there. So please share your Billy stories out there. Another one I have, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't, I just can't uh, not share this one. I had a guy who would go when owners were there to fix a problem, and then he'd try to get side jobs from them. Like, hey, I can fix that deck for you, man. You know, I can come on my day off, and oh my gosh, yeah. And then so I'd hear months later, hey, this deck is not right. I'm like, yeah, so? Well, your guy came out and fixed it. I'm like, well, no, no I, we don't have any record of that. Oh, no, he did it on the side. But he was your guy. You know, like, oh, no. Oh, God, no. Please uh, be careful. Just make sure they know what to do, what not to do. And one thing not to do is solicit business outside of your company. Uh, another one I have here is showing up and fixing a leaking faucet. It's not enough. We've already talked about this a little bit, but the opportunity to turn a moment into a wow moment. And so we actually have a program here. We call it the uh, Outstanding Service Award, which is a monthly uh, thing, and anybody can nominate anybody for the monthly service award. And so there's some criteria. One is it is random and unexpected. Another is it is out of proportion to the circumstance. And the third one is it makes you say, wow. And so I have so many examples of our people going above and beyond to make sure people have that wow moment. This comes from a fellow named T. Scott Gross, who has delivered a couple of uh, great keynote speeches that I've heard in the past, but he has written a couple of books on this. So look him up if you want to know more about this. I will tell you, the winner gets a $100 gift card. And they also get a cool Outer Banks blue or Sandbridge blue jacket that says Excellence Award winner on it. Anybody can make the awards, uh, make the nomination, and the person that nominates will get a $25 gift card. So it can be a coworker or whatever. It can be a guest that makes uh, the nomination, although we don't um, you know, solicit uh, them to get 25 bucks from us all the time, an owner, whoever. But I want to hear good stories. So the latest one is uh, one of my maintenance guys, and, and I'll call him Jim because that's his name. And so <laughs> Jim went to this house, and he was fixing a toilet, and they were having a problem with uh, a can opener. 
And so they had a manual can opener. He's like, you know, would you like me to call the office? I can put a work order in for the for the can opener. He goes, oh, no, we're fine or whatever. And so Jim, on his own, left, went to Walmart, bought a new electric can opener, came back to the house in 20 minutes, knocked on the door and said, here, here's your new can opener. Little thing, but I gave him the uh, latitude and the empowerment to solve the problem. And so reward your people for going above and beyond. And if they're called out on a guest review, make sure you reward that. I mentioned as well the customer service champion, so I'll better explain that too. We actually have only one end-of-the-year award that we give, and we call it the customer service champion award. And that award goes to the person who is mentioned more than anyone else in the guest surveys on the year because we have a a blank there that says, is there someone to give you standing uh, customer service during your stay? And so we equip our folks with business cards, Every person that works for me, you know, full-time year-round, housekeeper, inspector, maintenance guy, certainly office staff, they all have business cards. I will use Jim as an example. It seems like every house I go into, I find one of Jim's business cards because he tells them, hey, by the way, on Tuesday, you're going to get a survey. I'd appreciate it if you remembered me. And so if Jim is on the survey more than anyone, he gets the Customer Service Champion Award this year. And it's always very competitive between the reservation sales department and our maintenance guys as to who gets the award every year. You have to get them in tune to delivering service and enjoying it. Okay, Tim, number four right there. You basically just said, enough items that could have been an entire podcast yes, i just scribbled that. you just one-upped me on that one for for once yeah exactly that's one <laughs> there was so much in that yeah. okay i have two two questions for you okay one one was the three ways a wow it's a wow it's unexpected what was the third thing out of proportion to the circumstance so they're not expecting what happens you know so again they were fine with the hand crank can opener jim went and bought him a new proctor silex you know and, and delivered it and didn't go through the red tape ultimately i think later I, I hope he put a work order in so we charged the owner for it or what have you but again that, that's that's a minor issue as compared to making sure the guest was satisfied because oh p.s they were there cooking pasta i think i forgot that part so they had like 12 cans of crushed tomatoes that they were trying to open. And so these ladies literally, you know, fingernails breaking and things like that. And 10 minutes later, he solved the problem. Well, we've created a budget and try to do wows all the time in our our business. So we'll have to do a whole podcast on that. One other question, though. If Tim, wait, what's his name? No, Jim is saying, hey, remember me when you do a review. Is the only fear I'd have on that is... Like when we shop for clothes, Tim, you might not ever experience this. I don't know if you go into stores and shop for clothes. Mm-hmm. When the the lady comes up and says, "Hey, when you when you buy that, make sure you said that you know Alicia helped you okay. with the clothes." Does it get does it get awkward that that Jim is mentioning his name? We haven't had the experience yet. I think it goes back to the training, back to you know, number one about it. We have a one of our sayings around here is inspect instead of expect. We don't expect that Jim will exactly handle handle everything. So, but we train him. So he has to put a finger on the pulse of the situation. You know, if the people are upset and they're angry when he leaves and what have you, I can pretty much assure you he's not going to offer his card to say, "Hey, please put me on the survey." But if they have a good rapport or what have you, ask for the sale. That's just our philosophy. It may not work for others. From our standpoint, we want to reward our people, and who better than themselves to ask for the sale? You know, and that's a good thing you could role 
role play as well. So you could say, you know, here's a way to say it. Oh, well, thanks. I'm so glad you uh, are happy I delivered that for you. Here's my card. And when you get your survey, feel free to mention me. Yep. You know, something very lighthearted instead of please make sure you say my yeah. name. Oh, yeah. That's how it is done. Well, I will also say that giving out the card also sometimes presents, let's say, callbacks. Uh, let's just say Jim is a handsome man. Okay, he, he gets called back. Can we have Jim come back and fix the faucet again? <laughs> so there's that going on too. So maybe we should move on to the next subject. Yeah, I have some stories about that, but we'll go to number five with uh, train your your face of the company, whoever you decide that may be, to share the stress level, to explain the stress level of the guest back to your in-house team. So a good way to personify this is when we were very small, I probably had four employees and it was nearing Christmas time. So probably December 17th, we still had a minute to get away and I took my crew to a spa. It was all girls. So we went to um, a spa and we were out of cell service. We turned ourselves off while we got our massages and our, you know, sitting by the fire for a couple hours to relax and get away from all the drama. And when we got back in the car, we turned on our cell phones again. This is back when you would turn your cell phone off and then turn it on. So we would turn it on and there were probably eight voicemails from a woman, Mrs. Malik. I don't think she'll ever come back, so I can say her name. So Mrs. Malik had arrived and her keys were not there. This is back when we didn't have keyless entry and she was so mad. She said she should have gone to Vail and we lost all all of the positivity of our spa experience was gone in about a minute. Point is, she was beyond upset, screaming, angry, telling us we're horrible people. So we named something in our company called the Malik level. Not having your keys for 20 minutes might make you Malik level or it might make you a medium angry. Let's take a hot tub. But pools in the Outer Banks. You get to your pool and it's, let's say it's half drained or it's not warm as they want it to be. Some people care less. They're like, we're going to be out at the beach catching crabs like we did when we came to Sandbridge. <laughs> or somebody else might say, this is the one thing I wanted at my vacation rental. And that's what we call Malik level. So it's the maintenance crew that shows up or maybe the housekeepers even see the level of stress and it's I think it's very important they share that with the home office so that they can react in the appropriate way. That's great. We actually have work order priorities that address that. So you have those in the industry know in your software, I'm sure you have the ability to put a level of importance on the work order. It's a normal work order or it's a emergency work order. We came up with a new a category called emotionally important. <laughs> so <laughs> the guys know what they're walking into on that level. So Okay, number six. We're wrapping it up here. Make sure you have clean, well-maintained, and ideally matching vehicles with your logo and contact info on there. I said I think in the very first podcast, one of the core principles of my company is everything speaks. When I was the manager of a company that had 1,147 properties, we had 23 vehicles on the road. Nine of them worked. <laughs> you know, it's so We literally had a situation where one of our maintenance guys pulled up to this multi-million dollar oceanfront mansion, dripping oil in the driveway, 
And then the maintenance man went in, did the best he could, came back out, and it, the car wouldn't start. So you talk about an image knocking back on the door. Hey, can I get a jump start <laughs> on my vehicle? That's not what we want. We have rules. Every week, the vehicle gets washed and vacuumed. We have tailored shorts. We have logoed shirts. We have hats. I already talked about business cards. We have the discretion. The presentation you make when you darken that door is a huge differentiator. And then, of course, we have door tags as well. If they're not there, Jim was here. Jim's going to be the star of the show. I'm going to have to pay him. Uh, so <laughs> Jim was here, and I handled this problem. I'm going to be back or what have you. But that whole thing about the presentation, friendly, appropriate, all that sort of thing, can't be overemphasized. All of those points I've just been jotting down, too. We do all of those. One other thing, but like you said, you put the note on the door. If we go into a property and do something in it, if we have the permission to do that, we have a nice card with our logo and a little printed thing like is there anything else we can do for you and then an area where maintenance can write a note to the owner or to the guest so they don't show up and think someone's been in here oh yeah the toilet's fixed but who is in here so even when they don't see you you should be leaving visual and professional notes or ways for them to know you were there and the financial impact of this tim some of our listeners might be a smaller companies and they might be thinking, oh, I can't get vehicles. I can't get vehicles with logos. I can't wash them every week. I don't have that much money. We have gotten new owners just from our vehicles driving around town and looking professional. So if you think you could get two or three new properties because of these efforts, think about the profit of your company in one year for that that will pay for you doing these activities that Tim's just mentioned. Mm -hmm. That'll uh, bring me right into number six, which I can hear people like Stephen Craig and maybe Chuck Stegg and Dirk Johnson and some other housekeeping-focused friends of mine going, wait a minute, you've left out the most important people, the housekeepers. And they certainly are the face of the company as well. I think Stephen Craig refers to them as the hub of the wheel, that everything goes through housekeeping. And the fact is that your people do come in contact with guests every day. You like to think that housekeepers get in and out of properties and no one ever sees them. That is not the case, folks. They are the face of your company. People like, you know, we talk about gym and maintenance, but I think of Hovita or Julie or Elva or Darius or Mary or whoever it is that I have in my housekeeping department. I want to make sure they're trained. I also want to make sure they're wearing the logoed apparel and so on. Also value those people with the housekeeping particularly. I think sometimes we think of them, I say we, I have heard people think of them, I do not share this, as lesser than they are not a full-time employee. They only work on the weekends or they're only a housekeeper. Heck, folks, they are your storefront window. If they're not getting their job done, you're not getting your job done. And so value them. And you can do so many things. And I promise we will do a whole podcast on this coming up really soon because I'm actually doing a session at the VRM Intel Live and VRHP conference in Gatlinburg, Tennessee on this very thing. So I'll have some good meat for you on this as we move forward. But the housekeepers, don't forget them. Value them. Make sure they're part of your team so the company presented in its best light. And Tim, can I add to that, that ours are employees, so they're on our payroll. But until probably four or five years ago, I didn't wake up to this one either. And this one, this goes deep with me. 
our our housekeepers, I think, do absolutely the hardest work. Have you ever cleaned a house, Tim? Have you cleaned a house top to bottom? Absolutely. It is backbreaking work. Backbreaking. And they don't just clean one. Sometimes they clean three or four in a day, and they get up the next day, unlike you probably had to do or I had to do, mm-hmm. and they do it all over again. Mm-hmm. Their work should be valued, honestly, more than maybe anyone. But the other thing, about four or five years ago, I started, I can't, I'm embarrassed to say this on public podcast, I did not have them come to our Christmas party. We were a small company, three or four people. We would just have a little party of three or four people at our office. I mean, sorry, at our house. And then I started thinking, wait a minute, what am I doing? So our housekeepers, who often don't speak very good English, they come to every get-together we have. We involve them, even though sometimes it's awkward, trying to explain to them the Christmas giveaway gift game we're doing. They feel part of our company they never leave. We get to know them. We know them by name and we thank them. And it, oh, it's so important you guys figure out how to pronounce all those sometimes Spanish names. <laughs> there you go. So that's seven ways to ensure the face of your company is what you want it to be. And that brings us to our weekly popular topic. Not so hot off the presses, but definitely happening. And this week it's the protection and access to your data. Sarah? Take it away. Okay, this one is almost like we're reporters with some inside scoop. So this will be a little bit on hearsay because I was not at ResFest. Were you, Tim? I was not, but I have talked to several who have been, and it was the buzzing topic. So the buzzing topic at ResFest, but has also been a buzzing topic lately in general, is do you control your data, do you own your data, and do are vendors that you work with allowed to use your data? So the the buzzing topic at ResFest is that Huawei, the RBO, has announced they call it an opt-in program where they are allowed to use all of your data that they can access. So whether that's just from your VRBO listings or you need to ask your software provider about this, your vacation rental reservation system, are they letting Huawei, the RBO, into your data and they are allowed to use it and, quote, um, abuse it all they want. They would not call it that, but that's what I might call it. It is essential that you are reading contracts with all of your vendors, not just your vacation rental software, but any other external vendor you use, software vendor you use at your company, and read the fine print on your contract and be very clear if you don't want them to use your data that you are telling them all that you don't want them to use your data and they are not allowed to use your data. Well, the thing I've heard in regard to this, and in full disclosure, Sarah and I are not on the same property management platform right now. I am actually with a HomeAway software product. And it has been, I think we heard this first time in May, Sarah and I were together when we heard this, that in the terms, condition, disclosures area, there is a clause for HomeAway clients that says that you allow them to access your data. And so now, that hasn't been a big deal. They haven't had anything to deal with it, but they announced at the ResFest this new product called MarketMaker, which does delve into data and looks at pricing, availability, what you may be able to garner for a week, whether you raise the price or lower the price. Sounds really good until you realize they're using your data to do it. And there is some debate about this. Some HomeAway officials have denied this, but others have said, well, yeah, we've always had access to your data. And so just make sure 
that whatever you're doing, you're aware of and you approve of it, and particularly with these third-party vendors as well, because I will tell you this as well. As I said, I'm a HomeAway client right now in terms of my software, and I wanted to give my data to a third party to do this kind of analysis of the market maker type program that they were looking at, and I was denied the ability. So wait a minute. It's my data. I want to give it to them. And the answer I got from a senior vice president was, we don't think that's in your best interest, and so we're not going to allow it. Okay. Mm, wake up, everybody. <laughs> yeah, wake up. The Probably you might have an office, you might have vehicles, you might have employees, of course, but I would put top three assets you have, maybe top, is your data. Amen. Your data, your data, and your data are your top three, right? So there you go. Yeah. Okay, so that puts a wrap on it. Seven ways to ensure the face of the company is who you want it to be. Number one, don't expect your property care and maintenance team to deliver customer service unless you've shown them how to do it. Notice issues at the property. Train your staff to notice issues that they can tell owners about. Number three, teach them what not to do. Number four, just showing up and fixing the leaky faucet is not enough. You need to turn every visit by a maintenance person or a housekeeper into a wow. Number five would be train them to share the stress level of the guest back to your guest experience team. Be your eyes and ears out there. Number six, make sure you have clean, well-maintained, and ideally matching vehicles with logos, contact info on them, and that all of your employees look spotless. There you go. Everything speaks. And number seven, as you said before, last but certainly not least, and that's housekeepers. Make sure they are considered and they are valued members of your team. So that will do it on seven ways to ensure the face of the company is who you want it to be. Sarah, it's been fun to this point. I am really looking forward to seeing you and all these fine folks listening to us at the VRMN conference in Orlando. I cannot wait to get there. And remember, when we see your face, you're not the face of your company. Very good. All right. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Tim. See you soon. So long, everybody. Thank you for listening to Ski to Ski with Sarah and T, Professional Vacation Rental Managers Podcast, brought to you by Sarah Bradford of Winter Park Lodging Company and Steamboat Lodging Company, as well as Tim Cafferty of Outer Banks Blue and Sandbridge Blue Realty Services. Together, Sarah and Tim manage more than 600 privately owned vacation rental properties, and both are regarded as experts in the vacation rental management industry. Music provided by Ben Sound. We encourage your participation on this podcast by sharing it with friends, and please feel free to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Comments or reviews on this particular podcast can be made on their website, Sea to Ski with SarahNT.com, where you can also subscribe to the podcast as well as provide them feedback on this episode or give them ideas for future topics. We look forward to speaking with you next time on Sea to Ski with Sarah and T.